The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fritz. What's going on, peeps, and welcome to episode 31 of the Fretzelmania podcast, High Angle. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast is available on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast across all common listening platforms. And today I'll be talking about Monday Night Raw from June 11th, 2001, featuring a historic steel cage match between Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. The Undertaker's wife, Sarah, is still being stalked, and we continue the road to the King of the Ring with two qualifying matches. Stay tuned, folks. This is going to be a good one. Now, before I recorded this show, I was watching game four of uh, the NHL playoffs between the Winnipeg Jets and the Montreal Canadiens, and the Habs, they swept the Jets, so I want to congratulate Montreal for going in a nice deep playoff run here. They'll be facing the winner of Vegas and Colorado, which will be a very, very interesting series, and yes, it is a little unusual for a Maple Leafs fan like myself to show any respect to the Canadiens, but, you know, they're a team I don't really hate. They're actually a really good team to watch. If anything, I will root against any team that plays against Boston and Ottawa. Now, enough about the playoffs before it makes me think of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I... <sighs> Sorry. <sighs> Monday Night Raw, June 11th, 2001. <laughs> From the historic Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia, which was home of In Your House, A Cold Day in Hell in May 1997, Armageddon 2006, you know, that infamous ladder match where Joey Matthews got his nose split open, holy crap, that was disgusting, and Backlash, September 11th, 2016, and several episodes of Raw, Superstars, Nitro, Shotgun Saturday Night, WCW Thunder, and even some episodes of WWECW. Richmond is an old-school uh, wrestling territorial city down there, so it was uh, pretty cool to see. The crowd here was on fire for everything, including a, you know what, a pretty funny... I'll say it's a funny promo, even though some of the stuff is a little bit yikes <laughs> in it here. Um, we start off here with William Regal addressing the, the crowd here, asking, where has the sportsmanship and decency gone in wrestling? And he refers to this tag team title match on SmackDown the week before 
between Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. That's something I did not even realize is that Austin and McMahon were going for the tag titles. It's a little bit ironic, don't you think? Alanis? No, no. So anyways, these two once rivals are going for the tag team. It's like rain on your wedding. I'm sorry, my Canadian is, <clears throat> is showing here. Give me a second, please. Yes, Austin and McMahon, the two men that battled throughout 1998 and most of 1999 were gunning for the tag titles. Now, this could have been by design because of the injury to Triple H, but I think it's just a little bit too ironic. Yeah, I really do think. <laughs> Anyways, yes, in this match here, Benoit gets a little bit of a measure of revenge against Steve Austin, where in Edmonton, the SmackDown previous to this one, Stone Cold used the schoolboy and the tights to, to pin Chris Benoit. And in this particular case, Chris Benoit returned the favor, even showing the crowd about a quarter of Stone Cold's white ass. And this is something that Commissioner Regal took exception to. Shame on you, Chris, for using such foul, disgusting tactics that I'm pretty sure you yourself, Regal, have used in your matches against Chris Jericho. Not only that, but also provoking nudity as well. Oh, I, I see. Since the right to censor isn't a thing right now, you're going to be attempting... To do their job for them. Okay, okay, you know, it's not like the PTC lost their suit against the WWE <laughs> or anything here. And of course, the Richmond faithful are showering William Regal with asshole chants. And he says, if this is the kind of thing that a champion does, then I should stand down from my commissionership. That gets a pop out of the crowd. But I won't. Boo! Manners and sportsmanship will prevail in the end. I'm sorry if I'm going in and out of accents here. Although I just watched the show, I'm just trying to realize who talked here. And you know what? This show doesn't all need to be impressions. You know, I'm not Bruce Pritchard or anything. Nor do I want to be. This invokes a lot of Mick Foley chants. And, uh... Commissioner Regal says, you know, tonight, Jericho and Ben, while you both have the opportunity to prove me wrong, Jericho, after putting me in the walls last week, you're facing Rhino in the big show in a handicap match. And Chris Benoit, well, you're going to once again face Kurt Angle. However, it's in this steel cage hanging above me. And at King of the Ring, both Benoit and Jericho hold wins over Austin, but frankly, you don't deserve a shot at, at Stone Cold. He says there's no tomfoolery in the WWE, which invokes Mick Foley to come out to the ring. And yes, my new word of the week will be invoke. My 
cal my thesaurus calendar has come in handy, which I don't even have. Mick Foley gets the big pop and says, You know, I wish I would have taken more time to listen to your words of wisdom, William Regal. Because I have been guilty of tomfoolery throughout my entire run as commissioner. Tomfoolery begets more tomfoolery. And Regal's like, okay, do you have a point to all this? Why, yes. And then Foley just says, hey, did you see me on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno? Cheap pop, thumbs up. He says something about tonight on Raw. I have a very important guest. And Regal's like, no, no, you don't. You, you don't work here anymore. You are not the commissioner. You don't have any power. Security, please escort him out of here. But then we hear the WrestleMania theme. Sweet zombie Linda. Linda McMahon makes her way to the ring here. And she gets the microphone, you know, says that she has been consulting with lawyers all week. Not only divorce lawyers, but, you know, wrestling lawyers. Ones that aren't named Clarence Mason, that is. Linda says that, Commissioner Regal, I disagree with you. I think that both men, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho, are worthy of a shot at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, we can either, at King of the Ring, have them go into individual matches against Steve Austin. However, if one person wins, the other person wouldn't get a shot, and it wouldn't be fair to either of them. So, I'm going to use my powers to book them in a triple threat match. Jericho, Benoit, and Austin at King of the Ring for the WWE title. That enrages Steve Austin, who we will see later on in the night here. Steve Austin in this show is trying to be so irredeemably hated and such a Dick bag. And you'll see why here in a minute. Edge Christian and Rhino are backstage, and we are seeing dissension amongst Team Eck. And Christian is a little bit. Um. How, how do I put this? Braddy about Brother Edge and good buddy Rhino, both already qualifying for the King of the Ring. And he's like, yeah the already advanced club, and I have to face Kane tonight. Like, what the frig? He's like, hey, I'll be in your corner, and the man beast will be backstage here cheering you on, bro. Just settle down. And he walks away. You know what? He's my brother. But he can be such a little bitch. And then we lead right into the King of the Ring qualifier between the Intercontinental Champion Kane and Christian. This, of course, is a non-title match because... Well, it's to see who goes on into the King of the Ring tournament. Kane hits the Trash Compactor, which is Duke the Dumpster Drossy's old old finisher, the uh, Tilt to World Power Slam, and that is your random wrestle crap memory of of the week. Kane goes for the Super Lariat, which he does land. Christian hilariously is going to go for the kill switch on the big man, but LOL, no, a choke slam. By Kane is thwarted by interference from Edge, but Christian runs into his brother here, and that backfires. 
Once again, Kane goes for the chokeslam. But amongst the schmas, amongst the referee distraction and the chaos, Albert comes in, hits the Balvo bomb on Kane, and the creepy little bastard pulls it off. He pins Kane, and he is also qualified to be in the King of the Ring. Austin and Deborah arrive at the arena, and they run into Mick Foley and Linda McMahon, and Austin is apoplectic. He is furious. You're making a big mistake. You're making me miserable. It's making Vince miserable. Go do what women do and go scrub some pots and pans. <clears throat> Damn, Steve. No, 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 no. That is Steve saying this, by the way. And he is just shouting at her. And Mick Foley, being the gentleman that he is, stands up for Linda McMahon and for women everywhere. Said, I don't like the way you treat your wife, Steve. And I don't like the way you're treating Linda right now. And they managed to get away. Mick uh, Foley and Linda, that is. And Austin throws a strop, has a hissy fit, and is acting like a petulant child, trying very hard to be hated. Because throughout some of his heel run, he has been getting some pops, but based on some of the Raws and Smackdowns I've been watching, he's getting heat, at least. But the, yeah, I mean, the, the heel run here is almost getting a little bit desperate. Austin himself is getting a little bit desperate, a little bit more psychotic, a little bit more paranoid. He thinks there's a conspiracy against him. Next match, the Hardy Boys versus X-Factors, Just Incredible, and X-Pac. And Jeff Hardy is sporting a new title. He is the new light heavyweight champion, having defeated Jerry Lynn on SmackDown previous to this show. And unfortunately, we have a short title run for Jerry Lynn. Maybe he shouldn't have went all shooty-shooty on JR during that Judgment Day promo. I don't know if that was a shoot or a work, but not a lot of people knew back then, unless you were really into the Dirty Dirt Sheets and listening to live audio wrestling, that JR was the head of talent relations back then. So it blurred the lines a little bit, unless I'm just assuming things. This is what I, I think could have happened. Jerry Lynn did not have a good run in the WWE, unfortunately for him, because he he was awesome. The whole effing show in ECW and in the inaugural version of the X Division in uh, in TNA, top tier stuff. Now he's a coach in AEW, and man, I wouldn't mind seeing him break out the cradle pile driver on some unsuspecting dork, like maybe someone from the factory or something. Just for old time's sake. That would be great. And uh, we learn in this match that Eddie Guerrero has been injured on SmackDown previous to this. Albert just beats him down. He yeets him over the top rope to the outside. And Eddie, I don't know, tears his meniscus or messes up his MCL. But in reality, he was released from the WWE at this point. So this is the last 
that we will see of Eddie Guerrero until we get to the SmackDown 6 next year. Uh, you know, we all know that he had his demons at this point in time. He had his substance problems and they, they, they were getting at him. It was affecting his work and God bless him for turning it completely around, giving his life to Christ and turning a new leaf. I'm so sad that he's gone, but it's, it's painful to go back and see what he was before he became, you know, clean. There was one dude cheering for X factor in the front row on the hard cam here. And I swear it, it's probably the guy from the apron bump podcast. Uh, shout out to, to you, sir. Let's get chatting pretty soon. <laughs> X puck sucks chance right away because of course it is Pavlovian at this point in time for a crowd to chant X puck sucks. If he's even in the vicinity of the arena, if he's in the tag team match, he's not being tagged in yet. He is being chanted at. We see just a, you know, a decent match start off here between these four extremely talented wrestlers, a super kick on the outside behind the referee's back by just incredible. There is a swanton attempt by Jeff Hardy, but he gets crushed on the top rope. And there was another schmoz here. There's another little bit of behind the referee's back shenanigans. And I swear I will pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hey, Farva, what's that restaurant that you like with all the goofy shit in the wall and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? <laughs> uh, but no, instead, it was Elita Karana on X-Pac and Jeff Hardy successfully lands the Swanton Bomb, pinning X-Pac to win this match. But after the match, your X-Factor attack and X-Pac lands a chair shot to the head of Jeff Hardy, which JR calls Concussion City. Yeah, that does not age well. Hey, it looks like we have a new feud over the light heavyweight title. And these two put on some bangers during the summer of 01. William Regal and Tajiri are backstage and Regal is saying to Tajiri, you want to be a wrestler, you want to be a WWE superstar, but you have to be patient and continue to do stuff for the commissioner. Austin comes in hopping mad at telling Regal, you know, you have a lot of balls to book this match. You know, I didn't book this match. It was, it was Linda McMahon. And Austin's just, you know, look at me like a damn man getting just right pissed. Like he, he, he is getting like old school dad pissed right here. Like when you strike his last nerve saying there's a conspiracy against me. Vince's marriage is ruining my life. And then Tajiri starts saying something in Japanese and Austin beats the crap out of him for no reason. Just stomps a mud hole in him and walks it dry. No, not Tadgers. Come on, man. Trish and Steve Blackman are backstage here and Trish is uh, offering support to Steve Blackman's King of the Ring qualifying match against Perry Saturn. He's like, you're you're coming out there because Terry's coming out with Perry, right? And you didn't get enough revenge against her in your brown panties match last week. Um, nope. You know, basically Trish like, yeah, uh, whatever. No comment. Something's like, Hey, uh, 
you liked my match last week. What was your favorite move? And the way Steve Blackman is holding his kendo stick is so very subtle. <sighs> Cox. Jericho and Benoit talking backstage, doing the if I win, you get the shot deal. Spike and Molly are backstage. I promise to give you something that I meant to give you last week. Um, <clears throat> Spike and... I think this is still a PG show, is it not? We got a six-person match with the Duds and the Hollies. Uh, Spike and Molly are in this match. I will fight you. I'll fight for you. Nothing can come between us. He leans in for the Spike and Bubba Ray cock blocks him you douche come on spike austin and vince are arguing backstage your stupid wife booked this match and then austin hugs vince with that crazed deranged look on his face that infamous hug that infamous look on Austin's face. It was just so haunting and just pretty effing creepy, if I can be honest here. And that is where I'm going to drop an ad break. After this, we have Chris Jericho versus Rhino and Big Show in a handicap match. The Stalker, not Barry Windham, strikes again. Another King of the Ring qualifying match. The Dudleys and the Hollies and the Steel Cage match between Benoit and Angle. Stay tuned, peeps. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here at Wrestle Attic Radio. And if you have some time on Thursday, each and every Thursday, I want you guys to check out my show, The Kings of the Rings Podcast, where we cover all the news that is fit in the boot inside and outside of the ring, from WWE to AEW, all the way over to New Japan and Impact Wrestling and beyond. That's Kings of the Rings Podcast, each and every Thursday, exclusively on Wrestle Attic Radio. Buzz, buzz, this is the Queen Bee, the K. Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Fretzelmania exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Welcome back to Fretzelmania, peeps, and this portion of the show is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. five bucks a month. You get exclusive shows not seen anywhere else on the network, like the 20 Bell Salute, my 20-year look back on pop culture and wrestling. June 2001 will be out later this month. You get Fretz's Fave 5. I haven't made one in a while. I'm going to try and get to one in the next little bit, but the busy season is here. The stay-at-home order in Ontario has been lifted. Things are going to be opening up gradually, but people are flocking to the beach that I live on, folks, so no promises there, but I'll get to one when I can get to one. <clears throat> you get The Secret Files with Mr. YLP. You get Tales of an Epic Nature with King Ricky Rose and also 15% off of our merch on spring. And speaking of merch, June is Pride Month. 
And once again, this year, Russell Attic Radio has paired with the Trevor Project to release more Pride merch. You get rainbow logos of our awesome Russell Addict Radio Luchador Mask logo. You get everyone on the network. That's myself. That's each member of the Kings of the Rings podcast. That's King Ricky Rose. That's Willie T. And the Rainbow Queen Bee themselves, the K. Murphy, Mr. YLP, and who could forget good brother Mance from the Delight Show. So why not show your support to the Trevor Project and the LGBTQ community by wearing some fresh and comfy War Pride merch. If you want to get some regular War merch as well, it is all in there. Hoodies, towels, t-shirts, mugs, face masks, all of that and so much more. From all of us on Russell Attic Radio, The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Now... Let's crack one open and go to Chris Jericho versus Rhino and the Big Show in a handicap match. I almost said hardcore, but Rhino is, of course, the reigning and defending hardcore champion at this point in time. Chris Jericho lands that beautiful Tito Santana-esque flying forearm, which is muy caliente. Ay, ay, ay. Show charges to Chris Jericho here, lands all those frying pan-sized chops. He is Irish whipped into Rhino. Show goes for the goes for the choke slam. Chris Jericho lands a low blow behind the referee's back and a Owen Hart missile drop kick. He tries to lock the big man into the walls of Jericho, which would be quite the arduous task. But that is denied, and the walls of Jericho is now on Rhino. But while Chris Jericho has that locked in, Show picks him up for the showstopper choke slam. But Rhino then gores the big show and pins Chris Jericho. Interesting way to finish finish this match here. And we're gonna find out a little bit later why Rhino did this. Backstage, Shane McMahon and Kane have a have a moment here. <laughs> That's been a foreshadowing for two years from now. He thanks Kane for saving his ass last week. I had nothing to do with Sarah. Uh, but you might want to check on Kurt Angle because this whole goody two-shoes demeanor is a little bit too good. I mean, he did mess with the sanctity of marriage by trying to in between my sister and Triple H. So why don't you go check on him? And he's just turning the screws to Kurt just a little more each time. And Rhino was interviewed backstage saying that I gored the big show because I have now beat Chris Jericho three times. And if he wins the WWE title, that'll make me the number one contender. Not only is he a Rhino, but he is a smart rhino, says Paul Heyman. He is so smart, S-M-R-T. And Austin just plows into Chris Jericho and beats the piss out of him in the locker room. Kurt Angle comes out for an interview and, oh boy, ah, let me take a swig of this non-alcoholic beer. Oops. He talks about how much Richmond sucks that it's the capital of the Confederacy. Oh, 
Oh, Kurt. Okay, we're going here. And that gets a pop. Now, I am a slightly uneducated Canadian, but maybe some people of Russell Addict Radio South. Mance, help me out, bro. And Kurt Angle basically pulls a Rick Sanchez here and says, Hey, don't boo. I've seen what makes you cheer. And Kurt Angle says that your ancestors screwed up big time, but you people are worse today because where they actually fought battles, you reenact battles. Ones that you've lost, may I remind you. And I'm going to reenact something myself tonight. I'm going to reenact Kurt Angle kicking the H.E. double hockey sticks out of Chris Benoit saying that my one motto in life is cheaters never win. Well, Kurt, what what does that say about you? Benoit, you're a cheater. I am a hero. I am the first WWE superstar to be inducted in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. And that actually checks out because that is, you know, the amateur wrestling, the Olympic wrestling National Hall of Fame. Not to be confused with the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which would have distinguished members such as Carl Gotch, George Hackenschmidt, Lou Fez, you know, three of the earliest and best pro wrestlers in the history of the game here. And he calls out Shane McMahon for some reason, but... He gets Taker instead. Oh, no. Now, if you know anything, talk while you still have teeth in your mouth. And he says uh, to Taker regarding Sarah, his then wife, I met her once. I didn't like her. I didn't even find her attractive. And as a result, he eats a last ride. That's what you get for disrespecting another man's wife. And once again, we see a video from the stalker, not Barry Wyndham, but, you know, Sarah's in that home. I know where she is. She's in this hotel room. I don't like your games. Don't keep Sarah away from me. I know where you are. And it's written on the mirror, and I immediately got, I know what you did last summer vibes, and the... Appropriately titled, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, which is right up there with Dude Where's My Cars sequel that we never got, which is Dude Where's My Car, Seriously Dude Where's My Car. That was going to be a thing. And then for good measure, Shane McMahon hits the Olympic Slam on Kurt Angle just because. Perry Saturn versus Steve Blackman for the King of the Ring qualifier match, and this is over before it even began, but we see a recap of SmackDown. Perry Saturn is getting weirder and weirder and just more... <sighs> How do I put this lightly? Mentally unstable as each week passes and each blow to the head that he takes. And we see recap of the Dudley Boys versus the Radicals here. For some reason, Perry Saturn puts on one of the Dudley Boys shades and goes for the was up and hits a knee drop right to Dean Malenko's junk. 
and he slaps Devon. Devon, get the muffins. But no, Devon didn't get the muffins. He got 3D'd for his troubles instead. The man who wanted muffins from the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man who lives on Drury Lane? Quick match here with the Schmaz and Perry Saturn wins with the moss-covered three-handled family credenza. Say that five times fast. That twisting fisherman suplex with the greatest name of all time. And for good measure after this, Perry Saturn eats a kendo stick to the head, getting another headshot. <sighs> You're welcome. Austin and Deborah, and Deborah's, you know, trying to console her husband. I've never seen you so crazy. Maybe you're hungry. Yeah, you're not you when you're hungry. Give the man a Snickers. But, you know, he's like, I want you to have a carrot or a piece of broccoli. And then he pulls a Rod Flanders, a Todd Flanders, you know. I said, I don't want any damn vegetables. That's it, Steve. No Bible story for you tonight. And then he throws a strop and whips the whole plate of veggies all over the place. The poor sucker that has to clean up that room. I bet they're going to find like a rotten piece of broccoli like a year from then. Terrible, terrible stuff here. Just being a petulant child here. The Hollies. Molly is begging them. Please don't hurt Spike. You're just a little girl. You don't know what you're feeling. Uh, Molly is like close to Crash's age at this point in time. Not a little girl, my goodness. Uh, Terry and Dean are in the commissioner's office and Terry's headlights are glaring. There is concern over Perry. You know, please give us SmackDown off uh, just so we can, you know, Hank, just go on a double date or something and just relax. And then... Harry Saturn gets in Regal's face. British people fight dragons so they don't get all fiery. You're welcome. And Dean's like, you know, you see what I have to live with every day? You see Triple H having therapy with his torn quad and things are coming along and he should be back. Well, it won't be for about seven months from this point in time, but hey, it's all good. Test is at WWF New York, and I'm not booked tonight. He's still talking about Stephanie, about, you know, how I used to be with that woman. I almost married her, this, you know, something about that, and talks about, hey, at least I'm good buddies with her brother now. Shane, nice Olympic slam out there, bro. I'm proud of you. As for joining WCW, yeah, he, he, he likes the sound. Of joining WCW. So coming up on WCW Saturday night on the Superstation at 6.05 p.m. <laughs> Test versus Buff Bagwell for the television championship. Yeah, I mean, imagine if we actually got the WCW reboot here and you had Test in its... I'd say he'd be in the U.S. title or TV title division. Eh, okay. I'll bite. Now we finally have the historic main event. The steel cage match between Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle continuing and I think blowing off their awesome feud that had been going on since WrestleMania X7. Stone Cold joins the commentary desk here and this match is full of suplexes and 
submission hold attempts. And at this point in time, just on commentary, Steve is just being a dick. He uh, talks about Chris Benoit's chops. You know, I hate those. And I'm looking at this and Austin is acting like Caillou here at this point in time. And if there's any parents that are listening to this who collectively groaned, I apologize. You know, I am no parent. I'm just the fun uncle. And man, Caillou is the worst. I don't think I ever watched a lot of Caillou with my niece or nephew. It was a lot of Masha and Bear or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. You know, decent stuff. Chris Benoit is channeling his inner Latino heat by going for the three amigos, but the third one is blocked. Dios mio. Steve Austin says, don't sass me, JR. There is a wicked spot here when the Benoit and Angle are trying to both escape the cage together. They are standing on the top rope, uh, not near in between both of the turnbuckles right by the top of the cage. And Chris Benoit is going to go for a top rope German suplex, something that would kill a lesser man. And he lands it. And then in another spot here, they're going for like a superplex or another top rope move here. Benoit is knocked down and Angle hits a super elbow drop from the top rope. Ooh, yeah. And Austin is shouting at Kurt, pin him, pin him, which is giving me big time WrestleMania arcade game for the Sega Genesis vibes. Pin him, pin him. Yeah, if you remember that game, hit me up. That was... uh. And that, that was a time. Kurt Angle goes for the low blow. And then he scales to the top rope. Nope. He scales to the top of the cage. And oh my goodness. Th it's this one, folks. It is this episode. Kurt Angle goes for a top cage moonsault and eats nothing but Matt. Holy shit. And after that, how were you still standing, Kurt? My goodness, that would have knocked the wind out of out of him big time. And they are still standing after this. Chris Benoit lands six German suplexes. And then hits a seventh and an eighth. And I believe a ninth as well. He couldn't get to number 10 here. As Chris Benoit was going to climb over to the top of the cage, but Austin is meeting him at the bottom, swinging a chair at him, swinging a chair at the ring or something. Why didn't he just jump onto Steve? Instead, here he hits an Air Canada flying headbutt from the top of the cage. My my goodness, these two are putting out. All the hits here taking years off their lives and their careers. But holy shnikes, that was just a crazy visual. Both men doing super cage moves. Kind of overdoing it just a little bit, if you ask me. But I thoroughly enjoy it. Ankle locks in the ankle lock, but to no avail here. Chris Benoit is going to escape the cage. 
through the through the door, but Stone Cold rams the cage right into Benoit's face. Kurt Angle escapes the cage and wins the match. And afterwards, Austin goes all WrestleMania X7 with the chairs on Benoit to end the show. Now, there's something that I remembered from this was, of course, the Super Cage Moonsault. It is something that I saw in recap packages forever. And I believe was featured in the Creed My Desire, was it the WWE Desire videos with Creed and My Sacrifice? Yeah, that, that's coming out this year. Oh, man. I don't care what you say. Creed's awesome. Something I forgot. Honestly, I forgot the hug. The psychotic look hug was this early. I swore it was maybe in... Oh, wait, we are in June. Oh, my gosh. Um, Maybe in July. Maybe it was leading up to the, the matches with, with Angle. But I was wrong. And something I would change here... Honestly, this episode of Raw was kind of fun. I wrote down here in my notes something with Mick Foley. No, Mick Foley, I would have got him maybe to try and get physical with Steve. Maybe even sock him one. Or just pop him one in the face for being a uh, a dick. For being a sexist, chauvinist pig. Uh, maybe that's something that I would have had put in there, but hey. This, this was a really fun episode of Monday Night Raw. I have snuck ahead to next week. And next week, The Undertaker's Wife's Stalker is revealed. You're going to have to stick around next week and figure out who it is. And man, that's going to go off with a bang. Thank you very much for listening to Fretzelmania on Russell Addict Radio. I am Mr. Fretz. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Follow all of us at Addict underscore Wrestle. Listen to all of us. Myself, the Kings of the Rings podcast, The Delight Show, and The Young Lions Perspective. Till then, folks, TTFN, ta-ta for now, and keep your stick on the ice.